Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome Kim Lanfear to our program. Kim is the CEO of APARO, a nonprofit connecting local nonprofits to technology expertise and resources. And they do that in order to amplify nonprofits' impact in the community. Kim, welcome to the program. And can you share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Like, how did you end up in this role? Were <laughs> you, did you have a different career before you segued into the 24 seven world of working with nonprofits. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I like to refer to my career as a jungle gym as opposed to a ladder. Um, you know, I move all <laughs> around it up and down in all kinds of places. Um, I began with a master's in arts administration and an MBA degree at Southern Methodist University after graduating from Duke University. And I did that specifically because I am very passionate about the intersection of corporations and nonprofits and how they can help the community together. And I've always believed that if there's three wins, the win-win-win in the partnership, mm -hmm. it's, it's something that will last longer and therefore be a stronger, better impact in the community and help those in need better. Um, there wasn't a career path then for that. So I went into uh, marketing for a financial institution where they said I could do that some of my time. And I did that mm -hmm. by engaging community community entities in um uh, the work of the bank, uh, whether it was opening mm -hmm. a branch or whatever, and then ultimately went into my second love, which was international business and ran businesses for Citibank, both domestically and globally. Wow. Moved over to running a professional theater, the third largest professional theater in the Chicago market, a Lord D um, theater. And, uh, put that theater back on, on even keel. It was in quite a bit of trouble. Uh, and, and then stepped away uh, to raise my children. We moved overseas for a while, came back uh, to Charlotte and uh, continued to raise my children and do some consulting on the side in the areas that I had expertise in, which is marketing and strategic planning and um, business management. Mm -hmm. And along the way, networked to someone who said, hey, I think you could do a great job here managing some programs uh, with this organization that was then called Empower. And mm -hmm. I did. It was a big night grant uh, effort that was there. And we did okay. a lot of um, very innovative work to, uh, with our programming, which ultimately, when I took the role of CEO, when I was offered the role of CEO, became the programming that became the model that is Aparo today. We oh. rebranded um, uh, because Empower all over the country rebranded uh, the different mm -hmm. affiliates. TechBridge in Atlanta is an affiliate yes. of, of okay. Empower, as is Tech mm -hmm. Impact in Philadelphia and 501C Commons and Aparo. And uh, we really focus on helping nonprofits be more efficient and effective in the way they serve the community so that they can take their dollars and, and do more with them. Mm -hmm. Well, in this time of limited resources, although I'm, I think that's eternal time in for nonprofits, that is certainly something that everybody um, should be eager about. So, wow, you have background in corporate finance, international business, um, the arts. That really is, that is amazing. Um, Ken, thank you. It's a jungle, <laughs> Jim. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> no ladder there. 
<laughs> well, I hope you are enjoying living in the Queen City. I understand Charlotte is a very up and coming kind of place. Lots it of is. restaurants. The downtown mm -hmm. has a really nice vibe or uptown, maybe they call it, yes, um, they but do. has a really nice vibe. And uh, yeah, well, great. Well, um, the world's loss is Charlotte's gain and now Atlanta's gain as Aparo enters our market with a little more intensity and intentionality. I'm excited about this conversation because one of our long-term objectives at the Cobb Collaborative is to lift up resources that other nonprofit leaders can use to strengthen their own organizations, just like you were saying, Kim, and expand their capacity as we all work together to improve outcomes for children and families in our community. And Aparo definitely falls into that, but there's a lot to learn. So can we get kind of down into the weeds for a little bit, Kim, and share with us what is Aparo all about? Yes, and it's a great question, Irene, because it is confusing what we do. Um, because we do a lot of things that typically you might expect us to charge for that we don't charge for. We are here to be a partner to other nonprofits. We're also here to be a partner to corporations, going back to that kind of magic uh, belief that I have that just kind of happened to be able to manifest here at, at Aparo. <laughs> so Aparo uh, um, engages and wraps their arms around our partner nonprofits in three ways. The first way is what we call tech therapy. And our nonprofit partners <laughs> named it that because they said they felt like they came out of a great therapy session after one of these conversations. And really what it is, is it's tech and business process. And I, I really focus on that business process because when you think about how a company, nonprofit or for-profit is run, every single thing is touched by technology, mm -hmm. whether it's HR, marketing, fundraising, um, administration, your email, everything has a technology component. So sometimes when people think of us as technology, they think we're going to be coders or JavaScripters or, or custom app builders. That's not what we are. We really are wrapped into those business processes that you do every day through your technology. So tech therapy, that first leg of our three-legged stool, is guidance and advice, talking to nonprofits about the wide vast of business processes related to technology where they don't have expertise. It could be telephony. It could be social media strategy. It could be how to better manage behind your website, or it could be cybersecurity. There's a huge, vast area mm -hmm. where we struggle as nonprofits to have the depth of skills. Mm -hmm. And we just want to be the place where you pick up the phone or you send an email and you say, help. I'm confused. Okay. I know I'm lost. I know I've got some problems and I don't really even know how to ask about what it looks like. Okay. And we have a conversation with you. No cost. Okay. You just help. We navigate, mm -hmm. we point you in a direction. We have a whole group of referral partners that we have vetted and we know have philanthropic pricing and understand how to work with a small, medium business or nonprofit. And we can mm -hmm. refer you to them or we can just help you in that moment help you get okay, from A to B okay. in the conversation, which may end up being two or three conversations. Yeah, and that really is therapy. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we find ourselves helping nonprofits find the language, um, mm -hmm. you know, understand what it is that they're looking for. Um, and then from that conversation, we often, if it's not referring you to a partner who's going to do an engagement, it could be referring you to one of the other two pillars of our, of our stool. One okay. is education. And the other is solution projects. And through all of these services, including tech therapy, though not as much, though there is some in tech therapy, we use skilled volunteers from the community. 
So these are skilled volunteers who have a lot of business process experience. That's what they do every day using technology. They have a lot mm-hmm. of technology experience in many cases. So we are the facilitator and we stay engaged and we're the translator. So you're never alone with your skilled volunteer. You have a partner there who's representing you and there to hold your hand through the process as we are also there to hold the hand of the corporate partner. So they're not lost in the process either as they navigate between the enterprise content mm-hmm. to a nonprofit content. Mm-hmm. Because so, a nonprofit leader might say something that's very, um, I don't know, natural to them. Like I'm having trouble keeping up with my recurring donors or whatever. And to someone in the um, IT world that may be like, blah, 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 you know, (laughs) right. What does that really mean? And what, um, why is that important? And so you guys are there to help bridge. And I know that's a really simple, um, but it's it's an example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Awesome. And so the education piece can have some costs associated with it, but it is not anywhere near a full market cost. We mm-hmm. just find that in, in in certain education situations, if we're doing a custom education class for a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, that ha- having a contribution from the nonprofit is just important um, for sure. them to really understand the value of what they're getting and, and to really mm-hmm. engage with it in the way we need them to right? Um, and to not, not show up. Yes. So um, it, it can look like that. We have free webinars. Um, I think every month uh, we have free webinars on all kinds of topics. And, and those really range in broadly in topics because uh, we branch into areas like fundraising that may not be necessarily a technical topic in fundraising. It might be about strategy in fundraising, mm-hmm. um, but it may then come back after a series of three to relate to the CRM that you're using uh, mm-hmm. for your fundraising. So there, there's a lot of topics. You can go to our website under resources and you can find all of the website web um webinar recordings from years past. And these are free people from all over the country come and dial in and listen to these experts. Sometimes they're nonprofit experts that come and do the topics. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're um, technical community experts. Somebody in cybersecurity might come and do a series of three different topical uh, exposures to cybersecurity and and, um, things. So different companies are involved in that. But again, we curate the content. We work with the providers to make sure that it's delivered in a space where the nonprofit can access it and really get something tangible out of these webinars. Mm -hmm. Um, We do stand up individual trainings and we also coach one-on-one. You know, you might have a situation where you're, I don't know, doing a report download from e-tapestry and you're trying to do an analysis of it and you're stuck and you're lost and you don't know what to do. Well, we can get a coach to sit down with you for an hour and kind of look through what you're trying to do and help you find a, perhaps a a more efficient way to do that. Mm -hmm. And then our final leg of, of our stool are what we call community impact projects. And those are teams of skilled volunteers who come together to do something with a nonprofit that takes between eight and 14 weeks to deliver. There is a small contribution asked for that. It can be anywhere between $500 and $5,000, depending on the size of the nonprofit and the size of the project being involved. Mm -hmm. But these are projects that if you went to the marketplace would cost anything from $18,000 to $100,000. So you're not paying for it. It's a contribution Mm -hmm. of skin in the game is really Mm -hmm. what it is. Right. And those are facilitated by us from beginning to end. It's an hour meeting every week. You might have a few deliverables you have to do uh, between the weekly meetings. Mm -hmm. And the three things that we see most commonly in our um, community impact projects are uh, business process roadmaps, 
So what is it that you're doing from a business process? What's working well? What's bumpy and needs to be tightened up a little bit more? And what's really a wreck and you have no written (laughs) or documented process and and it's causing things to go awry, even though you may have the right tools. Mm -hmm. The second thing is a technical assessment and plan. So what have you got in your infrastructure now? What's working, what's not working, what's about to break, what maybe should pivot. Maybe you've got four servers and you know those are expensive and we need to move, two of those things need to move to the cloud. So mm-hmm. this will be a, a plan that you will have that you can then have you know prices associated with it over the long term and priorities set so that you then as an organization can follow that plan and move toward mm-hmm. getting yourself to be to a more effective, sustainable place. And the final one we see the most of is an application selection. So you know you need a tool to do something. Mm -hmm. Could be donor management, could be HR management, could Mm -hmm. be financial management. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any could be a new website, even (laughs) whatever. Mm -hmm. That's less likely. But um a tool, you know you need a tool. You need something because you're out of control. (laughs) And we bring in corporate partners um who do who will help you very clearly and precisely define what you need that tool to do. Okay. Um and I mean, very, very clearly. And they'll work with your entire leadership team to, these are the 49 things this tool must be able to do. Okay. Here are the 49 things that we really want it to be able to do. <laughs> okay. you know, we want it to also be able to do this and this. It has to do these, but mm-hmm. these are the things we want it to do as well. Yeah. And then here's the dream list that we hope someday we might even be able to have one that did this. Okay. And they'll go to the market and they'll research it. We'll help them. We have, you know, understanding of what's most current in the market and what's going mm-hmm. on if it's a donor platform and they don't. Um, and then they'll research and they'll come back. They'll go through um, demonstrations with you and help you make the selection that best meets your needs financially and and uh, uh, use case uh, wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the three projects that we see yeah. the most. A lot of yeah. other things <laughs> come into that too. We might see oh, a cybersecurity sure. assessment, all kinds of things, but um, those are the three that we see the most. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it really drives home the fact that, um, and I say this fairly often, being a nonprofit is not a business plan. It's a tax status because you still have to run a business. It's just what That'd do right. you do with the bottom line? Um, right. right. You're different. not investing it back into investors and giving profit to someone. You have to exactly. figure out how to make it the business run. Business, even more. Yeah. So wonderful. So better understand now what nonprofits can approach APARO with. How about the volunteers that you mentioned? Um, what are you looking for? How do you recruit them? What's mm-hmm. their commitment? I mean, sure. some you mentioned some of these projects can take over two months. So you wouldn't want the nonprofit to be cycling through different volunteers. Oh, no, no, no. So how do you, you on those projects on those bigger projects? Mm -hmm. It's, it's eight weeks to 14 weeks, but it's only an hour, maybe two a week. Oh, okay. So it's a meeting Mm -hmm. where you're moving things forward. That's an hour. And then again, Mm -hmm. it can be remote. It can be in person. Mm -hmm. And then, then, then both the volunteers and the nonprofit will have some deliverables they have to work on. So there might be some after hours work for a corporate partner or, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're doing particular, like in the application selection, if they're doing research, that may take a little more time for them, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's outside of that one hour meeting. uh, Okay. Okay. So that's why it takes that long Mm -hmm. uh, because we're keeping it to that and a time that a non, that a corporate partner could engage. Mm -hmm. 
And we engage people, you know, when I talk about business processes and, and technology, we, we honestly are not using coders and um, <laughs> custom build application kinds of skills. So those aren't the kinds of volunteers we're looking for. We're looking mm-hmm. for volunteers who use Microsoft Office okay. every mm-hmm. part of their day. And so they know mm-hmm. it backwards and forwards. They mm-hmm. know what a SharePoint site is and how to navigate okay. it. Okay. Um, or Salesforce or what? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and it, uh, the day-to-day things that they're looking for are are the kinds of day-to-day things that you in an, in an office environment might be doing on an Office 365 platform and, and turn to the guy next to you and go, gosh, I haven't done one of these in an Excel in forever. Do you remember how to do that? And, yeah. and they tell you, well, there's nobody in the nonprofit world in the cube next to you to say, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it, it can be that kind of, of level of engagement. Um we're looking in the projects in particular, we're looking for people who have um, business process uh, journey mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. And, and how to navigate a technology plan, how to put that together. So some of the strategy pieces of technology. Um, and we find, you know, what we found is that our corporate volunteers are incredibly in love with doing this. <laughs> um, volunteering is important in many, 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 many places across mm-hmm. our country and world. Mm-hmm. And most often we tend to think of it as doing something that is programmatic that a nonprofit does. Maybe we go into um, a Ronald McDonald house and we, we bake cookies for the people who are in the, in the house. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. may not normally bake cookies in our, in our normal life, but that's what we're going to do because that's part of the programmatic offering of the right. Ronald McDonald house. Right. We might go make backpacks for one of the school um, nonprofits because that's what they need. Mm-hmm. This is a different kind of volunteering. It's using the skill that you have. And typically people are passionate about their skills yes. and you get to give it to a nonprofit in a way that they can receive it and then improve the way they deliver their programs. And it's mm-hmm. incredibly rewarding. As I had somebody stand up in an event the other day um, from Coca-Cola Bottle, Bottling Incorporated and say, this kind of, he does all kinds of volunteering. He's very involved in the community and he loves all of them. He loves helping to build a house. He loves helping to pack backpacks, all of it. But he said, mm-hmm. when he does this with his skills, it's turbocharged. He said it, the oh, wow. rewards he gets are just turbocharged because he knows mm-hmm. he's done something that he uniquely has the skill to do and has given this gift mm-hmm. to a nonprofit who uniquely doesn't have the skill. So it's a very yeah. rewarding wow. environment. Absolutely. I don't know, Kim, if this makes any difference or or not, but um, Atlanta is really seeing itself as a um, IT hub. Um, Microsoft has a big office here in um, the Midtown area, we call it, and there's other, um, you know, IT, um, Google, um, um, I think has announced plans to expand and all that kind of stuff. Does that increase your pool? But then again, you just mentioned Coca-Cola. Really, so many companies have different skills. But when I look at the corporations that are headquartered here in Atlanta, I get excited about the all the volunteers that you can pull from when you look at Delta, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, UPS, Microsoft. Absolutely. So. And yeah, I mean, as you said, it, it's any it's any mm-hmm. corporation because any corporation has a technology group yes. uh, that really is focused on um, maintaining and making sure that the technology within the company is running at its peak and offering the right tools and all that kind of thing that they do in their day job. 
And frankly, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's also anybody in that company because they're all using the tools. And so yeah. that can be of benefit right. if they're using them at a higher proficiency level than a nonprofit is. It's a game changer for the nonprofit. So it all depends on the Absolutely. need of the nonprofit bringing them in. But any anybody can do it. And we are excited about that, uh, that very potential um, to expand. Yeah. You know, the reason Wonderful. we're coming into Atlanta is because we've served um, over 900 nonprofits in the greater Charlotte market. And okay. that pretty much is every nonprofit there is to, to, to serve. And we've <laughs> okay. served several of them many times over many times. years because we tend to be, once we're found and we're a partner, uh, we're, we're a partner for life. And so we're, we're mm-hmm. wrapping these services around these nonprofits on an ongoing basis, multiple times, okay. many ways, um, mm-hmm. just helping them. Yeah. And um, so what we found was we had to say no to nonprofits because they weren't in the Charlotte market and our, and our board, uh, you know, decided that yes, we could go to other markets and our first, well, we are also foraying into Raleigh, uh, North Carolina as well, but okay. um, out of state, our first formal foray is into Atlanta because we had partners there who needed us and were asking for mm-hmm. us previously, we'd been saying no. We also have partners on the corporate side who are, you know, other affiliated with partners here in Charlotte. Uh, yes. an Accenture or a Coca-Cola okay. or a, mm-hmm. um, you know, Deloitte all those kinds maybe, of people, or, yeah, okay. Microsoft, yeah. you know, who, who are working okay. with us here. And so it's a little easier to go into the market and say, Hey, we've had some success here. This is what it looked like. Does that resonate with yeah. you? And, um, right. Right. Or the, um, counterpart at, um, Microsoft say, or Accenture and Charlotte can call, um, his or her buddy or counterpart in a, in the Atlanta office and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm going to do a warm introduction here and right, take right. care of them." <laughs> right. So, so we hope wonderful. you know we know Atlanta is a very different market, um, and so we hope that this is going to resonate um, and that these skill people will want to use their skills um, in this way. And we find the facilitated nature of it is very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are plenty of other organizations that connect you to a nonprofit, but not for these kinds of business improvement needs. And mm-hmm. the other unique part is that we stay engaged. It's not just a connection and a go. It's an engaged and we stay there to represent if the scope goes out of whack, you know, which it doesn't with us, but if it were to, suddenly the nonprofit's asking you to fix their printers, to come yeah. you know, get this <laughs> and that for them. And you can't, you're feeling like you can't get out. That's never yeah. going to happen with one of our projects because we make sure the scope okay. is very beginning, middle and end. And, and from mm-hmm. the other side, from the nonprofit side, you never have to worry that a partner is going to drop you in the middle of a project or deliver something that you can't use. Use, yeah. You know, that yeah. horrible situation where the corporate yeah. partner comes in with the right answer and it is the right answer. Mm-hmm. They've used it a million times. It's done it a million times. Yeah. And the nonprofit doesn't have the language or the knowledge to ask questions when they say here, would mm-hmm. you like to be able to do this, this, and this, and this? Sure. I'd love to be able to do this, this, and this, and this. Well, I can do that. Yeah. For you. Here <laughs> it is. And they deliver right. something right. that after all this work, suddenly both parties, really parties understand I can't afford it. I don't have people who understand it. I have nothing yeah. to connect it to. It won't work for me. And then nobody's happy. Right. Exactly. That doesn't happen in our projects okay. because we scope them up front to make sure that there's something that is not about being sexy. It's about being Functional, needed, needed and finely yeah. tuned and customized to that nonprofit's need. Wow. And then we make okay. sure it doesn't go awry. Mm-hmm. Tough. Um, 
Kim, I know you mentioned or you referred to small, medium, and large organizations, but what's an ideal nonprofit client in terms of maybe their their size, if you want to look at employees or mm-hmm. revenue um, or their history? I mean, you're probably not really looking for someone who's just in startup mode. Even though they may need these services, they really don't know what they don't know quite yet. So we have helped startups, but we oh, tend okay. to, our, our parameters are um, one paid employee at least. Okay. And have okay. been in 501c3 for three years. And okay. the reason for this is we're bringing in skills from the community. And we mm-hmm. find that our corporate partners want to see basically a return on their investment. Yeah. And if an organization is has no paid staff, um, you know, and the leadership is changing all the time, um, it's just harder uh, to, mm-hmm. to get these tools and make them really uh, have have a return. Have the impact. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tend to do that. Okay. On the large side, we can work with anybody. We can work with the largest of the large. <laughs> what our sweet spot is those who have one or two technology staff at the most. Okay. Um, so that tends to be about five million down to about two hundred fifty thousand, maybe a hundred thousand mm-hmm. in revenue, because mm-hmm. um, that's where one hundred and two hundred fifty is where you start getting paid staff. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where our sweet spot is. But we can work with anyone. We can facilitate an engagement. We, as a matter of fact, we would love to do them in paid situations. We would love to be a facilitator in engagements where a large organization is maybe paying a company to do an engagement, because again, those can go awry because the languages are not the same. Mm-hmm. Having a translator in that space, we think, um, could make the results a lot stronger. Right. Uh, so we'd love to do that. We, we Not many people take us up on that. Um, <laughs> and the larger ones tend to think, you know, they can, they can do it all their own, which they certainly can do a better job on their own than those who have no technology staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we've helped all different sizes navigate, um, using pro bono partners or, or even, you know, a paid engagement. Okay, so. great. What's one thing that you think would surprise people about technology and nonprofits? I, I know you mentioned that really it impacts every single aspect, you know, you're opening up your email. I feel like a lot of people, like they may see a food distribution or a soup kitchen in their community and they don't really think about the technology that to me would be the surprise but your yes. your experience you may have something completely different no i mean i think that's a really good one irene i mean it wasn't the one my brain was leaning towards so i'll, I'll share two um okay. that, certainly the fact that a not nonprofit needs an infrastructure it needs mm-hmm. computers it needs um things just like when we look at the digital divide in communities um, mm-hmm. you know people need technology tools in order to progress and to do things in today's world. They, they right. can't do it on paper anymore. It just, it doesn't make sense. And there are plenty of nonprofits who are still doing things on paper um, because they just don't have the funds. Uh, people want to fund for programs. They don't want to fund for infrastructure. So mm-hmm. yes, that that would surprise people that indeed um, a nonprofit does need infrastructure in order to provide uh, strong, uh, efficient um, services to those who are most mm-hmm. needed in our community. Right. And, okay. and if they don't have it, we're, we're tying their hands behind their back. Um, mm-hmm. They can't serve as many. They can't serve as deeply and they can't serve as well yep. if they don't have their own internal structure to support them. 
And the other thing that might surprise people is um, I am approached all the time by for-profit and mm-hmm. by not-for-profits, but I'll talk about the for-profit tonight now, um, who think that an app will solve a problem for a nonprofit. Let's <laughs> just get an app. Let's get them an app that'll do yeah. such and such. And, you know, boy, if I could just, you know, give you an app that'll do this. And and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to insult them or break their hearts or whatever, but right, an app right. will very rarely solve a problem for a nonprofit, very rarely. And the reason is an app is a great tool. You have it on your phone. It's a thing you open up, but behind mm-hmm. every single one of the apps that you have on your phone or any other place you go for an app, there is a whole lot of maintenance in the back. There are mm-hmm. things that break every day because it's technology, technology breaks. So there's a whole team of people mm-hmm. who are monitoring whatever's breaking and they're fixing it. And there are security things that happen that patches need to be put on. And there needs to be somebody who yeah. knows how to do that and make that work. And an app also evolves, you know, over time, as you have inputs from your partners, like you do with anything in marketing, you learn, mm-hmm. ah, right. what would really help is if it was purple. What would really help is if we use yeah. this kind of language. Well, an app mm-hmm. is just like anything you else have, have, it has to evolve. And if you don't have somebody oh, yeah. who can evolve it, it's, it's not going to do you any good. So nine times out of 10, an app is not the solution for a nonprofit. It's actually yeah. um, software as a service that would be a, a solution perhaps mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. business process uh, change and improvement. Those are the two things that nonprofits can benefit from the most um, to improve their efficiencies. Yes, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kim, for, and I actually have had that said to me several times, well, you know, somebody can design an app and, but yeah, an app is a piece of technology. And mm-hmm. so it still needs all of all the things, right? Mm-hmm. So. And you got to pay for it. Somebody's got to support it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be your solution. (laughs) No. (laughs) So Kim, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you would like to speak to? I can't think of anything specific. I don't know that I said how very excited we are to be in Atlanta, to be serving (laughs) the services of the greater Atlanta marketplace and to serve those in need through the nonprofits who are already doing so. We are thrilled Mm -hmm. about that. Um, We're thrilled to partner with those who might need us and and want to partner in their journey. Um, And, you know, we're, we're a very collaborative organization. So one of the things that is a byproduct of our mission that isn't, isn't our mission, but it's one of the things I get most excited about is this whole collaboration partnership together. When we're bringing volunteers into a nonprofit, those volunteers aren't just our volunteers. They become the nonprofit's volunteers. They become the nonprofit's Uh, potential mm -hmm. donors. We've had many of our volunteers Mm -hmm. become board members. So through this skilled volunteering, very unique way of a volunteer to get engaged behind the scenes with a nonprofit, there's a lot of passion that's stirred up and a lot of excitement and and community built. And we love that. Mm -hmm. There is no hands-off kind of situation going on. We are bringing (laughs) volunteers to you and maybe they'll stay PARO volunteers. Maybe they'll just be yours, but it's all about sharing and growing the community um, through this kind of of, uh, private uh, public, uh, you know, partnership. Oh, yeah. So we're, that's a real exciting part about this is, is growing those channels of connection. 
And that gets back to your win, win, win that you, mm -hmm. that we started our conversation with that you mentioned. You're right. Yeah. Um, well, I would be remiss now that you are, um, have opened the doors in Atlanta. How can people find you? They can find us at Aparo, APP.org, APP.org. And if you go to the uh, nonprofit, whatever you call it, drop down, you'll see a, a way to just send an email to us to say you've got a need. Um, and then someone from our okay. team will reach out to you. Okay, great. Well, we will drop that in the show notes and we'll be sure and mention that at upcoming collaborative meetings. We'll put you guys in our newsletter. Um, so. We Can I also mention that we have some boots on the on the ground in Atlanta. Carrie Bates Hastings Wonderful. is uh, our director yes. of Atlanta. And so she's there as well. If you run into her um, or, or want to talk to her, you can always uh, find that as a way to, to connect with us and find out how to get engaged, whether you're a corporation or a nonprofit, um, uh, if you don't want to go to the website. Wonderful. I'll look forward to seeing Carrie at um, upcoming collaborative events. So, well, great. Well, Kim, it has just been a pleasure to chat with you today to learn more about Aparo. I'm so excited about what our nonprofit community here in Cobb and really throughout Metro Atlanta can look forward to as someone who kind of groans when IT is mentioned. Um, in true nonprofit fashion, my husband is the collaboratives IT department. <laughs> so he's probably going to be really excited about having a paro in the um in the community. <laughs> that might lessen his his load. He's one of those unofficial volunteers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So well, that's great. There, there um, you go, right? <laughs> just so pleased to be here and grateful that you want to share this message with the Atlanta market of nonprofits. We're just very grateful for, for people like you and the collaborative. Absolutely. Uh, well, we're excited. So thank you again so much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind podcast. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so others can find us. Please tune in next time as we continue to empower and engage our community through conversations about important and critical issues that we are dealing with. Until next time, please stay well and take care. <laughs>